It's been a tough year. My girlfriend passed away earlier this year and Lindsay was fire and passion and fun and brought light wherever she went. And her faith was real and she lived it out with authenticity and openness. She was only 47 when she passed away. Tim was a recurring guest on See Here Love on shows about ending racism and Asian hate, living in peace with all people and living with gratitude. And he was my friend. And Tim was so wise and pastoral and hilarious and deep. He was such an encourager to everyone he met. And he passed away this year, leaving behind his wife and three kids. Loss, grief, questions, wise, heart pain. So this show, for all of us experiencing loss and grief, from losing the ones we love to the dreams we long for but will never happen, is to share our stories and to listen, to grieve together and find hope in Jesus and with one another. This conversation is coming up right now. From Crossroads Media, this is See Here Love, the podcast with Melinda Estabrooks, season nine, episode number seven. I so appreciate all of you here uh, for the show and uh, for the stories that we're going to share. And I must welcome special guest Elizabeth Carrera, women's empowerment speaker and coach. Welcome. Thank you. And Cheryl, co-host and speaker, author, justice advocate. Welcome. Yeah, thank you. Sunite Lichmore, registered psychotherapist and speaker. And Trifina Paramala Gagnon, podcaster and speaker. Thank you. So not a light topic, mm-hmm. ladies, this time. Mm-hmm but necessary as we all are and have experienced loss and grief. And so this show is really about listening and leaning in and listening to our stories of our own loss. Mm. And so, Sunite, why don't we start with you as we just sort of listen to what you have experienced. Sure, thank you, Melinda. Um, So I lost my father in uh, 2020, May 2020. It was a sudden um, passing. Uh, We were all together celebrating Mother's Day, actually, Mm -hmm. the day before he passed. And that evening, he was rushed to the hospital and just never came back home. Mm -hmm. Um, It was challenging because, uh, again, we weren't expecting it. He wasn't in hospital. My dad was 64 years old. Um, And it was during COVID, right? Mm -hmm. So that was also challenging. And so um, the, the unique thing about my grieving journey was that I didn't have the typical father-daughter relationship. My dad and I had a very conflictual relationship. We had a challenging relationship. And so that made my grief journey very unique. I wasn't grieving the typical things that someone would grieve when they lose their father. Like I was grieving things like what could have been mm-hmm. or what wasn't. I was grieving what I didn't have. And, and as the oldest of, um, I have five siblings and I'm the oldest, I found myself grieving what my siblings didn't get that I did. You know, like my dad was at my wedding. My dad watched me have my, my three girls mm-hmm. um, and he didn't witness that for anyone else in my family. And so that was very hard for me. Mm-hmm. That was like, it's almost like, why did I deserve that? Like, why did I get that despite the challenging relationship that we have? Because his relationship wasn't the same with all of us. And so there was a lot of guilt. There was a bit of shame there. Um, and then also grieving what my mom didn't have, you know, like mm-hmm. 
her losing her husband at such a young age. Um, I was also grieving what my dad didn't get. He was looking forward to retirement, you know, as coming to Canada as a refugee, working all his life and looking forward to retirement and not getting that. Mm. I found myself grieving that too. And so what was really um, what was really helpful during my grieving journey was having people there that just let me share my story mm. instead of people saying, oh, I know you must miss your dad. You must miss ABCD. It's like, mm. no, this was a very unique and different relationship and so my grief was very complicated mm -hmm. and so having people around that just allowed me to share my feelings in those moments my experiences my thoughts and my range of emotions from sadness to anger to shame to guilt um, and not shaming me for having those feelings I think that was such a gift um, so yeah that's that's mm -hmm. my grieving journey thank you yeah. Um, okay, I guess I will go next. I don't want to. I was sitting here going, oh my goodness. Um, grief is so unique and it's so different for everybody. Uh, so part of my grief story is I've lost people in my life, but I think this is more of a dream. Um, or, yeah, a, a situation of mourning. So one of our children went through a, a significant like autistic burnout last year. And it was just one, incredibly painful to watch them suffer. Two, there's the ramifications of it, right? There's like the emotional dysregulation. Um, there's the sacrifices that then happen because of that. He couldn't leave the house for like three months. So school didn't happen, like life didn't happen. And there's still a lot of rebuilding as we rebuild and we heal like a nervous system. And so for me, there's a lot of grief as a woman, mm. as a mom, as to what I thought motherhood would look like, as what I thought, like what my dreams were for him. He's still going to absolutely crush life, but it's going to, there are things that are going to be different, right? Like we know that people often after a burnout or a significant mental health crises or anything in life, we never come, come out unchanged. And there's beauty in that, but there's also pain in that. Um, there's just like, they seem like little sacrifices, but to me, they felt big. It was like turning down like job opportunities that like felt like Holy Spirit was on it, right? There was like my husband pastors a church in our city and I don't go to church right now because church is too overstimulating for him. So there's like the loss of community. There's the loss of relationships and friendships. And so, yeah, I think for me, I am grieving what I thought my life would look like. And in no disrespect to my beautiful child, like this is not mm -hmm. that, like he is living this beautiful life. But it is, as a parent, it took me a long time. I think for so long I was like, I can't grieve this because it's somehow disrespectful to my child. Mm -hmm. Versus mm -hmm. I actually have to own that these are just, I am living a life that is vastly different from the expectations I had mm -hmm. and from the life that the people around me live. And there's something lonely about living a life than not a lot of people live, right? And so there's grief in that loneliness. So it, look, it looks different, yeah. but I think in that this season, I am still very much working through the grief of like womanhood and motherhood and mental health and like what life looks like for my other child, what my marriage looks like, all of those little pieces. I realized um, my child is at a different school this year and I was at the old school yesterday 
for a performance and there was so much grief that welled up in me that he had to switch schools. His new school is amazing. His new school is everything he needs it to be. But I still had to mourn that I thought both my kids were going to finish. It's, like, it's, a, it's a little thing that I thought I would show up and watch two kids. So it's, it just, to me, it's realizing the grief is in a lot of the little mm-hmm. moments. So, yeah, that's, that's me. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so 2020 almost broke me. Mm. I consider myself a very strong person. Um, and I actually have really felt like that was almost like a gift, like an extra measure of strength, something that God's given me to be able to be strong for others, that people can draw strength from looking at me. And, you know, Cheryl doesn't break. She's a warrior. Uh, but I experienced what I'd call com- compounded grief. Mm-hmm. It was grief on grief mm-hmm. on grief. I lost seven people mm-hmm. in one year. Mm-hmm. And it felt like when I was drowning and trying to come up for air, another wave mm-hmm. would hit. And the layers of this were difficult because a lot of my community were dying because of COVID. Mm. And I'm actually in online, you know, virtual spaces debating with people whether COVID is even real. And my people are dying. And then on top of that, 2020 was a hotbed of many things. It was like the perfect storm of many things. And there was a cry for injustice like we've never heard. And there were racial tensions that were rising. So while I'm bleeding out, I am being asked on a level I've never experienced. It was the most busiest time of my ministry personally. Mm -hmm. Educating, coaching, helping churches navigate through racial tensions while I'm mourning and broken. Mm -hmm. And so this space of like um, not allowing myself to crumble because I still have to be on was very, very hard. Mm-hmm. Mourning virtually, very hard. Not being able to be in the room. It's, COVID just amplified a lot of those things. Mm-hmm. And so I felt like my, my grief was delayed. I felt like my mourning mm-hmm. was delayed. I felt like it wasn't full. I felt like it wasn't, uh, it, it in many ways didn't feel real. And I also felt like I was betraying certain people by grieving more for others. And it it was just a weird, Mm. it's hard to explain this. The last death was Christmas Eve. It was my mother-in-law, my husband's mom. And we had to decide because of numbers who could actually be Mm. there. And I sat in the parking lot. I made the decision that I wanted my grandkids, my children, to say goodbye to their grandmother. And if that meant me sitting in the parking lot and I sat in the parking lot mourning and just sort of like they had the phone on. These are stories that are hard for people to understand how that processes through your body. Mm. Um, So that was my, that's my Mm. 2020. Yeah. Thank you, Cheryl. Elizabeth, special guest. We are so grateful that you're here to share your story. Mm So for me, I am grieving my son. He was 30 years old. He passed unexpectedly in a car crash uh, just five months ago. It still feels weird to say that. Mm -hmm. And 
He was, I mean, my first child. I got pregnant at 16. We have survived the unimaginable together. Uh, we were best friends. Mm -hmm. Like he was my life partner, my companion, my muse, my joy. Um, mm -hmm. And I mean, the day that he passed, we were home all day together. Mm. You know, laughing and sharing stories like we always do, dancing, being silly. I never would have imagined that would be the last day that I'd have him to laugh with, to be silly with. And what I'm learning about this process um, is not so much how to move on from this, but how to move forward with it. Mm. You know, it might sound crazy, but I, I don't want to move on from it. I want to move on with it. Because moving on from it tells me that I have to or should get over it mm -hmm. or move past it. And he taught me how to live. Mm -hmm. He taught me how to love, mm -hmm. how to give, how to be kind. He taught me how to live with integrity and truth and how to live in my truth. Mm -hmm. So there are so many things that he gave me that I would never want to move on from, mm -hmm. you know. So I'm learning how to move on with grief. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's my new norm. Mm. It is my new norm. I don't know a life without him. And the life that I did have without him for 16 years was a life filled with pain and turmoil. And so I don't want to remember those years. Yeah. You know, I'm, I want to remember forever you know, 16 and up. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that helps me. You know, I'm still a mother. Mm -hmm. I'm learning how to be there for my son. They were best friends. Mm -hmm. They were inseparable. And I'm learning how to do that because I've never done that. I don't know how to do that. Mm -hmm. And so I'm learning and I'm studying and I'm reading and I'm reading the Word of God and I'm believing in His Word. Mm. Yeah. And that, you know, I, I don't know how anybody gets through this mm -hmm. without faith and yeah. without knowing God's Word, but yeah. that's, right. that, that's where I'm standing right now. I'm learning how to move on with grief. It's good and powerful. Yeah. As we listen to Elizabeth, our thoughts on what we're learning. You're saying learning, I, I haven't heard that and it's beautiful yeah. because sometimes when what when we experience great loss and pain, we want to quickly get away from it. Mm -hmm. We want to fill our lives with things that will make us feel better yeah. so that we don't have to deal or look that in the face. Yeah. But what you're saying is powerful, Elizabeth. Mm -hmm. We're actually gonna move with and on with grief mm -hmm. as part of us as, as we learn. Your thoughts about that, as, as Elizabeth said that, what are you learning? in your journey with grief, mm -hmm. as we lose dreams, as we lose loved ones. Mm. What does that look like? For me, um, I think one of the things that I, I'd love to share is um, I, I've learned that 
grief and hope can coexist. Mm -hmm. That there's a space, a beautiful tension-filled space that they can exist without being betraying of the other. Mm -hmm. And I, I for the longest time thought that if I felt even a, a morsel of joy, that that was betrayal mm -hmm. to the people that I had lost. Wow. And that I almost had to live in heavy, yeah. uh, dense mm. grief to honor them. Mm. But hope can exist with jo with with grief, That's and good. it's oh, and and joy can live there mm -hmm. too, mm. and it's not a dishonoring. Mm. That's good. We can smile and yeah. have moments of yes. joy, mm -hmm. and it's almost a tribute in mm -hmm. the way that we live and move on. Yeah. So, shift in perspective yeah. for me. I think what I've learned is that I think grief is processed when there is witnesses. Mm. Like when we grieve in community oh. around people that are witnessing our grief and like seeing our pain, holding space for it. It's almost like there's a there's a processing that happens. It's like I lost this person I love and these people that love me are here and they're holding me and they're mm. cradling me, even if it's with their eyes, with their words, with their presence. Um, and, and that's so powerful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The witnesses and community oh, with yeah. us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know how I would possibly get through this without, I mean, you know, the obvious, my foundation, which is God's word, my faith, hope, um, and second to that, you know, community, tribe. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I don't know how I would do this without that. And I, I do believe that no one, and although there are many people who do feel alone in these, you know, while they're grieving, I, do, I don't believe that we're ever truly alone. I think with the online space, the online world, even if you feel alone, mm -hmm. there are spaces and places for us to find yeah. love and, you know, a community to love us back to life. Mm -hmm. And there are many, you know, mm -hmm. for anyone who feels like they're alone, I've learned that through this process is that we can get, it's easy to get in our head. Mm -hmm. It's easy to feel alone, yeah. but I don't think we, anyone really truly mm -hmm. is. They may feel it, but you're not alone, mm -hmm. yeah. Hi, I'm Addison Espilla, one of the content producers here at See Here Love. I just wanted to take a moment to invite you to join our community called the See Here Lovelies. Here's how. Number one, sign up to our weekly newsletter. Every week you'll get a personal note from Melinda with links to our shows, blogs, and resources, as well as inspirational content and a short devotional. You'll also be the first to know about upcoming events and giveaways. QR code is in the show description or sign up through our website at See Here Love and look for the newsletter icon. Number two, join us in studio and be part of our studio audience. Take a behind-the-scenes tour in our master control room, editing suites, and studio. You'll meet Melinda and the See Here Love co-hosts and guests. Email us at seeherelove at crossroads.ca for more info. And finally, number three, become a monthly partner. $25 or $50 a month will help us share our brave themes and conversations on television. 
here on podcast, YouTube, video streaming, and on our social media platforms. We can't do See Here Love without donations and sponsorships, so please go to www.seeherelove.com donate and give your one-time or monthly donation today. Become a See Here Lovely and join our See Here Love community of belonging, vulnerable, and brave conversations. We are here for you. I think for me, and so like my, my, my story was a little bit different in terms of losing a person, um, but we talk a lot about the stages of grief and um, I'm blanking on them right now, but like, you know, there's anger and there's depression and there's bartering and like there's almost like an acceptance, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel sometimes as Christians, we're allowed to go through all of those stages. Um, and I love what you said about having the duality of hope, mm-hmm. but I, and because I feel that but I do feel like there's sometimes when we're supposed to jump to that hope really quick and mm-hmm. we're supposed to forget about where we're at and it's kind of when you talk about get, getting over it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the scripture actually that, I, I, that really stuck out to me with this conversation was John um, chapter 11, verse 35, the shortest verse in scripture, <laughs> Jesus wept. Mm-hmm. And it just like every time I look at it, it strikes me again and again that Jesus is going to his friend who he's lost, like one of his closest friends. And Jesus full well knows there's going to be redemption, an actual redemption soon. Mm-hmm. And instead, well, not instead, but in that moment, he still weeps. He feels the emotions and he yes. grieves. And it's been so comforting to me that my pain is not invalid. Your pain is not invalid, right? Like we don't need to move through it. It is okay to sit in that. Yes. Um, mm-hmm for whatever that time looks like. And it is a stage, so you might be feeling it one day and it might come back another day and that is okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We hear Trifinus say, you know, Jesus wept and he is with us in the grief. Mm-hmm. How does it encourage you in your own faith as you grieve? Mm. How has that changed you or the process of grief mm-hmm. and the outlook? And I think that's just an encouragement to us and to the people that are watching and listening. What would you say to that? I think for me, it gives me permission to grieve. It's like, even though Jesus knew there was redemption, right? That there was hope on the other side, he still wept. Mm -hmm. And so it's like that that duality, that tension. It's like, I I could grieve this this moment and still know that, you know, my my parent is is with Jesus and Mm -hmm. is is in paradise, right? And I I can have peace in that, but I can still weep Mm -hmm. at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's that beautiful reminder that Jesus is near the broke, near to the brokenhearted, mm-hmm. and that He feels what we feel. And so there's this understanding that I serve a God who empathizes, who lives in the mourning moments of my life, mm-hmm. is not separate from them, grieves when I grieve, cries when I cry, is moved when I'm moved. Mm-hmm. Um, he modeled that. He modeled that I, I, there is a relationship that I have with mankind. I'm not just here to lord over you. I am here to walk and do life with mm-hmm. you. And that is how we should be with one to the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For me, I am, I'm grieving through the memories. You know, I, I talk about Kino, my son, <laughs> Every day, multiple times a day, Mm. I have um, my younger son who's 15 and then I have my extra son, I call him, he was originally my 
I don't like the word foster, but he was mm -hmm. my foster son. He's been with us for many years. He's also 30. He lives at home with us as well. Like I make sure we watch videos and we have mm -hmm. thousands of them. I make sure we share pictures. I laugh. My 15-year-old doesn't just voluntarily speak about him. So I have to make sure that I'm constantly bringing him up and I want to, mm -hmm. you know, hey, do you remember when Kino did this and mm, I'll do like yeah. a little dance and he'll laugh and we'll <laughs> laugh and, you know, so I'm, I'm grieving through mm. the beautiful memories, um, you know, the 30 years of bliss yeah. that mm -hmm. he left me with mm -hmm. and it makes a difference, a huge yeah. difference with my family and in the household. Mm. So that's how I'm kind of moving through this, mm -hmm. yeah. You know, what I'm hearing is so much of community, permission, joy, mm -hmm. hope, remembering, mm -hmm. remembering that Jesus weeps with us. Mm -hmm. The verse might have said Jesus wept, but now it's Jesus weeps. Yeah. Yeah. He weeps yeah. with us. Mm -hmm. He is close to us. And I think we always need to remember that he is. Mm -hmm. And he understands grief. Yeah. Wow, does he ever. Yes. He understands yeah. loss. He understands a lot of things. And I think when we are in those places, that's the time, is the time to like lean in yeah. and lean into him. The question for you know, this week and for us and for our viewers is what is one thing you can choose to do to grieve well and to find mm. joy? Mm. <laughs> that's the question. That is the question. Because as you all say, there's like the choice to do that. Mm -hmm. yeah. And we're not saying, if you want to go into a fetal position and, and yeah. grieve, yeah. okay. That's there's beautiful. moments yeah. for that. And there are moments for that. Yeah. And there's also moments to dance. Yes. And there's also moments yes. to remember. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And there's also moments to have dinner and break bread over a great mm -hmm. dinner out with your girlfriends mm -hmm. and celebrate life that you were here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I think those are things. Quickly, any one last 30 second thoughts mm -hmm. of encouragement yeah. about when we lose the people we love and the dreams that we want, how can we encourage one another to keep going? I think I, I, I really felt impressed to just say very quickly, one of the things that I wanna ask people to consider not doing is to put a time limit oh. mm -hmm. on our grief. Grief has no expiration date. And one of the most painful things we can do is say, hasn't it been mm -hmm. five years, four mm -hmm. years, three years? Mm -hmm. We grieve differently and let's allow people to to grieve how they grieve, in the yeah. ways they mm -hmm. grieve, mm -hmm. without sort of questioning and challenging it or, you know, comparing yeah. it in any way. Yeah. yeah. Anybody else? Just a quick mm -hmm. Elizabeth? Self-care. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, it, it, the hardest thing for me to do, um, you know, being a woman who was really into self-care, working out and um, eating right, and was to get back into that routine. And mm -hmm. I, it, li it literally hurt me, my physically, mentally, emotionally, getting back into that routine. I did not want to get back in. I didn't have it in me. Mm -hmm. I had no energy and I forced myself and I can honestly say, um, I don't think I'd be sitting here yeah. mm -hmm. had I not jumped back in yeah. to that routine almost right away. Yeah. yeah, as hard as it was, yeah. yeah. Good. Wow. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you so much for this conversation. It's hard. I could feel the emotion, mm -hmm. but thank you. Thank you, Elizabeth, for joining us thank and sharing. Mm -hmm. And we will be praying yeah. as you grieve. And thank you, Sinait and Cheryl and Trifina. So appreciate you. 
Well, thank you, too, for joining us. For more information, seeherlove.com. And we're now going to go to Anu George Kenjanathopal as she calls us to do justice and always know, as you grieve, you are seen, heard, and deeply, deeply loved by God. Thanks for joining us. It's interesting how things that appear similar can be so different. For instance, driving in Canada is not like driving in India. Canadian traffic rules are really different from those in India. And by different, I mean they exist. When you Google driving in India, one of the first articles to come up is how to drive in India without dying. I've heard Disneyland is considering getting rid of Mr. Toad's wild race and replacing it with Mr. Toad driving in India. Let me tell you, that toad would not survive for one minute on the streets of Bombay. In Canada, the proper distance between cars is one car length for every 10 miles per hour that you drive. In India, the distance between cars is one sheet of paper, no matter the speed. Here in Canada, we have divider lines in the middle of the road. That line exists to keep us all safely driving in one direction on our side of the road. In India, it is as though that line were a venomous snake and drivers continuously drive over it in the hopes of eradicating the beast. It's a constant game of chicken with drivers crossing the line and rushing straight towards each other at high speeds until the last possible second when one of them turns into the other lane. Driving in India is like running with the bulls in Pamplona draped in red, constantly turning around and running straight towards the bulls. Traffic in India requires 100% awareness and alertness. You never know what surprise might jump out at you. And as a result, the whole experience of driving becomes much more interactive and involving. This is the same with human trafficking around the world. It requires 100% of our awareness and alertness and can still surprise us at every turn. The only way to make a change is to interact and get involved, not by keeping a distance because that's not going to be possible to tackle this borderless crime. This borderless crime calls for a borderless response. It calls for borderless compassion and a borderless sense of justice. Our God is a borderless God and a God of justice and nothing infuriates God more than this. As followers of Christ, it is our calling to boldly confront injustice and demonstrate love through both our words and deeds. By doing so, we can find solace in the knowledge that God's divine plan will ultimately triumph and wrongdoings will be held accountable. Job 12:22 says that he reveals the deep darkness of deep things of darkness and brings utter darkness into the light. What a wonderful assurance to have. The Bible can feel overwhelming, confusing, or hard to believe. Scripture Untangled, a new podcast by the Canadian Bible Society, brings you interviews with culture leaders, leaders in ministry, and Bible thinkers to help you be inspired to dive into the Bible and understand it. Listen for free and subscribe to Scripture Untangled on your preferred podcast app. Visit scriptureuntangled.ca for more information. Thank you for listening to See, Hear, Love, the podcast with Melinda Estabrooks. We are able to do See, Hear, Love because of these generous sponsors, Tyndale University. Melinda and I are both Tyndale alumni. Tyndale is where you will experience high quality academics interwoven with faith and a community of students and faculty that challenges you to live authentically to follow Christ and actively engage your culture. Visit www.tyndale.ca. The Canadian Bible Society champions the Bible as the voice of God, revealing Jesus Christ 
the living word. Go to www.biblesociety.ca. And finally, the International Justice Mission Canada rallies Canadians to the fight to end slavery and violence in our lifetime and prove that justice for the poor is unstoppable. Go to ijm.ca today. Please check out these amazing organizations who are doing life-transforming work and who we are proud to be partnered with.